Television. Would you like to sing the song? Which song? The song. The, mm. the song you've been singing all week and the song that you played on Spotify. Not sponsored. This morning. Um, no, because I feel we need to do a spoiler warning, first of all. <laughs> okay. That includes oh. a very big plot point. Come on. people! I don't think people will be um, coming to listen to this WandaVision spoiler special podcast without having seen the whole of WandaVision, surely. Well, they might. My mum will. But, okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, so spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen WandaVision. We are going to go all into... Everything. All the twists, everything we liked. Plot lines. Plot devices. Songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so be ready. We're going to go for it. So now I'm not going to sing the song. Oh, I'm quite self-conscious now. All right, maybe towards the end. Right, yeah, I've got a beer, so maybe. <laughs> yeah. Depends how rowdy it is. You'll know how many beers Mark's had by the uh, amount of singing that occurs during the course of this podcast. And slurring. Yeah, true. <laughs> so this was just going to be us jumping on the podcast and talking about WandaVision because we haven't really spoken about it together since the finale and we just wanted to do a really quick, and I'm really hoping this is going to be quick and not like hours and hours, but a really quick processing of what we have seen in this show. Do you want to say how... Because you know so much more about the MCU than me. Do you want to say a little bit about your history with it? So, I don't care about Vision. I think as when we when we discussed the um, when the show on our podcast, on our main podcast when we reviewed it, I said, like, I hated Vision. Um, he was someone who was brought in really powerful in Age of Ultron and then turned to a comedy character because they couldn't carry it on. Wanda Maximoff has had nothing to do for the last few movies, aside from a little bit in Civil War, where she has a quite important plot point, but it's not really played on something that affects her. What's the plot point? You said this in the main podcast, and I didn't want to go into it for spoilers, but I can't remember what that plot point was. So at the beginning of the film, the kind of prologue, I guess, is they're chasing the baddie from Winter Soldier through... Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think they're in Lagos. Yeah, of course they're in Lagos. Okay. Um, and he goes to take his own life with a suicide vest. Mm-hmm. I think um, that might, this might be yeah. So anyway, there's something that's going to explode. She wraps it up so that no one else gets hurt. Starts to lift it up, but loses control of it and takes it into an apartment block and blows up the apartment block, killing probably more people than oh, it would anywhere. Okay. So that's why. The government and the United Nations then want restrictions on superhuman beings, uh, thus starting the Civil War plotline. Oh, right, so you missed all of that. And she's a bit sad for a few minutes, mm-hmm. but it just becomes a Tony versus um, Captain America thing. So. Okay. so what's your history with them? Yeah, so I've seen the films. I've seen the films a couple of times, to be, but... Uh... I just can't really... They've just not captured my imagination. Do you know, on one of our earlier podcasts, when we were talking about Lord of the Rings, we went randomly into Lord of the Rings. Yes. And I can name all the characters from Lord of the Rings because I've seen those shows so many times, they really capture my imagination, and Mm. yet they do nothing for you. It's the other way around with this. I just haven't got the bug with the MCU. I kind of prefer, and I know this is going to be controversial... 
sort of the the standalone DC ones, and I'm I'm not saying that I'm a fan of sort of Justice League and things like that. I'll watch them much like I do with the MCU, and they don't really do much for me. But I'm more excited about things like Robert Pattinson being in the Batman coming up. Yeah, okay. I really like Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> not necessarily Wonder Woman 1984, yeah. but you know. They're kind. Of, I like the sort of the stand standalones in in the DC more than I have done with the MCU. I respect the MCU. It's a bit. It's so much like what you said about Lord of the Rings. I respect the work that goes in. I'm a little bit jealous of people who love those films and know everything about them because I can imagine being someone who would really buy into the law and l- love looking out for all of these tiny little details particularly in something like WandaVision for example things that yeah. I've completely missed I would have loved that and yet they just haven't got me okay so when I came into WandaVision and we've been on and off haven't we about like having Disney plus and sort of thinking what should we even bother because it's another expense and there's so many streaming services now and I know that's a, a conversation for an, for another day but I was a little bit like, well, am I going to be bothered by this? And I knew Falcon and the Winter Soldier was coming out. And I was like, well, just not bother about that. And then WandaVision, I, like you, didn't really care about either Wanda nor Vision. And I, I, I thought they were really shortchanged in one of the last films where I think they rock up in Edinburgh and they like talk about having a different life. Yeah, and then that just seemed to be so random that they like we knew it was Edinburgh because we knew they were filming there, and we know it really well. So like, oh, they're in Edinburgh. Oh, they're together. Oh, and they seem to be really together. And now they're going to be apart because we're talking about a different die. life. We know what's yeah, going to happen yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. One of them's not going to make it. Exactly. And then apparently, I've learned this like through One Division. Vision dies twice, which I couldn't remember. I it didn't actually remember that. To something be about to be rewinding time. Yeah. Yeah. And that should have been a really emotive point in the film. Don't really remember that. Didn't cry. You know, all of that. So wasn't really bothered about this idea of Wonder Vision. And now totally obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally obsessed. This has become our Friday treat, hasn't it? Wonder Vision. Wonder Vision was I I got through Friday morning getting mm-hmm. excited to come down at lunchtime yeah. and watch the episode before I go on Twitter for the day, before yeah. I do anything. Um, and I think this is the biggest bug I've been bitten by since Lost yeah. on the TV show. definitely. Um, having said that, I don't think it necessarily paid off a lot of the excitement. Um, and I think, I think this was a phenomenal TV show, but it is tinged with a little bit of sadness because I think the very end episode just it was fine and it did it did all it needed to do but it didn't it didn't it didn't build on a lot of the anticipation that I had and a lot of the theorizing that people had online and a lot of that is their own fault yeah I I weirdly because we haven't spoken about this I totally agree and I'm so interested that we're on exactly the same page should we park the finale for yeah. now and not get into that just yet should we just go back to the beginning and sort of try and capture 
Because it's really, actually, given what you've said, it's really nice to think about when we first watched that first episode. And I didn't even want to watch it. I think you had to sort of cajole me You're into... You were sulking I as was, well. So, yes, that's right. Um, so you had to cajole me into watching it. And I don't even... Th- I was like saying to you, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm just going to... I'm going to have my laptop out. <laughs> you know. And then it started. And it was like, what is this? You know? What is it? It's a, it's a 1950s Van Dyke-esque, and I was thinking it might be, it was almost like going into Bewitched in certain, I know Bewitched is more the 60s, but there were those sort of, you know, Elizabeth Olsen was sort of playing that sort of um, housewife yes. of, that, of that era, a lot of Mad Men references, and whilst I'm not a massive, massive fan of that era in terms of sitcom, I'm not a massive fan of sitcom generally because as you people who listen to the podcast regularly know I don't necessarily get humour but just it was so powerful it's been drawn into this world of what is it is it a tv show is it not is it some sort of flashback is it not is it a time track and the black and white which is just amazing to see and you really Mm. bought into these two characters living this 1950s life absolutely i mean for me i'm all in for like parodies of genres so the first episode i was all in for like i I can sit and watch someone do a montage like taking the piss out of a 1950s sitcom and then there is that moment around the dinner table Mm. where um deborah joe rupp um Giovanni Ribisi's uh, wife in <laughs> yeah. Friends, when uh, her husband is choking and she turns to wander and goes, help him. Uh-huh. And the, the camera angle changes, the music mm. changes, and that was uh, that was it, I was hooked. It, she, she turns, doesn't she, and she, she says, stop it, stop mm. it, and she's laughing. But yeah. she doesn't, she's not laughing with her, right. she's, and she's, she's almost like hysterical. Yeah. And stop it, stop it, stop it. And that was so creepy. So creepy, and then you've got the um, the payoff of sort of like vision helping this guy, like his boss, yeah, from like stopping from choking. Mm. It's just just a very very strange shift, mm. much like and we'll t- we'll say lost a million times in this pod, won't we? Yeah. But much like lost that you think you're somewhere, and then you it switches. Well, I mean, the thing that I would say it's similar to is when first in the pilot of Lost, which is obviously one of the greatest pilots of all time. Absolutely. When they pick up the signal from the top, and there is a number that the workout has been running for thirty years. And I was like, oh my God, this is more than just people mm. trapped on a... And that was the realisation. Yeah. Of course, they released the first two episodes at the same time in the first week. I forgot about that. So, second episode, you get the helicopter, the which was uh, like coloured yes. in the thing. Yeah. And then it ends with the guy in the beekeeper oh, suit coming out so of the creepy. sewers with the sword it's logo so on. Creepy. Yeah, and that was it. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm gone. And I didn't know the sword logo, so this is. Did you know about no, this? Because not I, at all. I keep thinking that I'm missing a huge amount because I just don't know those references. And it was only after when I listened to podcasts that people said, "Oh, I recognise a logo," and I didn't even spot that he had a logo. I just thought, "Why is there a beekeeper like with this buzzing?" You know, and then coming out of the coming out of the road, and then her going, "No," you know, yeah. and, and the rewinding and. Just so much going on in your head of thinking, what what is going on? Yeah, and then obviously at the end of that, they they do the switch to the seventies. It goes into colour, mm-hmm. and there is the pregnancy. Yes, 
then the end of episode three, you got that moment, and it's it's a standard sitcom again, but you get that moment where Monica says, oh, Petra, he was killed by Ultron. Yeah. And, and again, you're like, oh, the, the, like it's like fourth wall, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you're breaking, which obviously comes on... They mention that later yeah. on. Isn't it one episode title? Is yeah, Break the Fourth Wall. So like, you're just coming, it's like people switch it. And there's other things as well. I don't know if it's in that exactly. It might be a bit later where Agnes sort of, and other people saying, oh, do you, do you want me to do that again? Yeah. Did I, did I not do that right? Yes. And the fear in their face and that sort of like, they're all under duress. Mm. It's just fantastic. And like, it's just so sinister. I remember thinking at the time, just the the level of creep and, and just... Yeah, it oh it yeah. went down my back. Episode four is obviously the one where we interrupt this program. I think yeah. it's called where they show. I mean, first of all, showing the end of the is it the what do they call it in this? They don't call it the they call it the glitch or something like that. The or, hex. No, no, no. Because it starts oh, with Monica blip. coming, but yeah, the blip. The blip thank the you. Blip. It ends with Monica coming back from the blip, and you mm. kind of takes a second to realize that she is dusting back Mm -hmm. into this hospital and then you realise that this is everyone coming back. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of episode three, she's thrown out of the hex. Uh, Episode four, we get... Is this where we're introduced to Kat Dennings? Yes, it is. This is where um, everything... So when she's... In episode three, Wanda realises that she's not meant to be there and and that so do we. So I don't know anything about Monica Rambeau when I'm I'm watching the programme. I don't know who she is. I had heard sort of on the grapevine with people tweeting and people talking about it that she was a character from so she was a child in um captain marvel but i didn't really want to know anything more and i kind of stayed away from it yeah. so it was still a good reveal for me when geraldine in inverted commas wasn't really geraldine um and when she gets thrown out of we then see the hex which is this big red dome yes that has been created over westview where everyone's been essentially held captive so she gets thrown out and then you can see people running up to her from sword and saying you know like mm. captain rambo you, you know and then episode four is a bit of a it's like a flashback isn't it it's all the way back to the beginning yeah to understand what has happened to create this because you see people at the end and it's clearly cat dennings but you see people watching the show in earlier episodes during like the credit yeah bit. yeah that's like, really how... creepy just seeing their hand and yeah just see, it's like like a bond villain or something so like watching it but and you know you could imagine like stroking a cat <laughs> and yes. doing it i episode four was when it absolutely got me that was it i was hook line and sinker I was, this was appointment television. I didn't want to know too much about it, but it it was like, this is clearly the best show I've ever seen <laughs> for, for such a long time. And then episode five, which was the one with the big twist at the end, where Pietro arrives at the end and it's Evan Peters. And my mind was blown. But you were spoiled on it. I was fucking spoiled <laughs> by our Google TV when I clicked on it and it showed you the cast list and that was there. I was fuming. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't know the context because it wasn't like a character name underneath. And I was like, that's weird. And then clicked off it and then suddenly it sort of added up because Elizabeth Olsen in an interview had said, oh, there's going to be someone turning up and it will blow people's minds like 
Luke Skywalker turning up at the end of oh, the, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian. Spoilers yeah. for the Mandalorian. Spoilers for the Mandalorian. I'll yeah. put that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the, the fun thing about that is that they didn't mention, oh yeah, there's going to be someone coming mm-hmm. from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was just done quite organically and it was kind of annoying. And then I kind of put two and two together. And I think that is the first problem of this show. Okay. Is that they teased that that was clearly a big inside joke. And I bet they had a good laugh around the table when they thought, oh, look at Evan Peters to do this. And it just built expectations up far too much with the multiverse on the horizon that this was going to be something far bigger. And I think my first problem with, to flash forward to my opinion on the finale is, it is such a, it, as it turns out, this is an insular show that might lead up to other things, but it doesn't. it's not built up any excitement for future films or anything like that. And it doesn't have to, but at one point, they, they have caused this teasing of Pietro and the X-Men universe coming in. Yes. And it was a big mistake to do that. Because people were then talking about the possibility of Reed Richards turning up. So yeah. We had, like, the Fantastic Four. People were talking about uh, John Krasinski, who was one of, one of our, both of our loves, really. Yes. Uh, it was a total <laughs> crush on John Krasinski in this house. So all of all of that going on, and then like this, the the X Men. How are they going to get the X Men in? People were um, theorizing that the blip would cause this genetic disruption, this mutation, and then we would have mutants co- coming into. In. I had so many theories. Oh, I heard no. that like Magneto would turn up. So or, did I? Yeah. Because of, he is the the comic books, the father yes. of Pietro. Yes, and Wanda. and Wanda. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and I think that they made a big mistake with... Obviously, when they wrote this and when they filmed a lot of it, they didn't realise this was going to be the next thing out and people would have been starved from Marvel content for the best part of two years. Um, and I think this that has really helped people get on board this because people, if Falcon and the Winter Soldier had come out first, people might have just gone, oh, well, I can skip that one. But everyone was just sat there waiting and they wanted something and they teased it and it didn't pay off. The the whole thing of who Monica was meeting, the sat oh I know someone who can sort us yeah, out. Yeah, it was space. like dot dot dot. Yeah, and the play, it played out over four of like three or four episodes. So it, was like, it must be someone big. Nah, it's just someone on Shield who she yeah. knows. Oh, someone from Sword, because mm-hmm. that was who people said. Oh, she's going to meet Reed Richards and John Krasinski's going to turn up, and that will be the launch yeah, of the Fantastic great, yeah. Four. No, nah, not at no. all. No, the Evan Peters thing. I, I I just didn't really know what to to do with it. I thought it was really fun. And it was a, a twist, which, you know, you're always looking for that in this sort of TV show. But I didn't really understand. I'm not, uh, I'm just not clever enough to understand the whole multiverse thing. And I didn't really know how that would play out. And it sort of made my headache a little bit. And I wasn't getting the vibe that that was where it was going. So it confused me a little mm. bit as to why he was there. And then he continued to be there. I thought it was going to be quite a short moment with something occurring something attached to it but then in the next episode he's just playing the trope of the dodgy relative that comes from out of town yeah to spice up the series mix it up a bit mix it up with the kids and he's like you know the the fun uncle Mm. it was a twist against the audience rather than the actual people in the Mm. in the show themselves Mm -hmm. it's it's the same reason I dis- dislike the ending of spoilers for the village. Um, yeah, <laughs> in the village. It's the it's the reason I dislike that because it's just a peek behind the curtain for the people who are watching it, and it 
plays no relevance in the plot. I really like the end of the village, but I'm not going to have this argument with you on the One Division podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can have this argument every episode. We have this all the time. We talk about this all the time. We will never agree. Yeah, and and if flash forward to my view on the finale, I didn't feel that that plot line did anything and was finished. Oh, well, I wouldn't say like appropriately, which like like I'm no writer of TV shows, but you know it just wasn't finished to my satisfaction, to my personal it satisfaction. Ends up with a picture. It just, yeah, the guy's called Bona. Bona, I know. Oh, and, that's funny. And he just he's just like this. He's just lounging about this house, and it just nothing pays off. The only thing that I thought was really good was it. It it spoke to Wanda as a character, and it said something is off here, yes. and it alerted her to the fact that something wasn't right, mm. and that progressed her plot line along, and that was, you know, that was good. But they didn't need to have Evan Peters do it. They could have had anyone come in and play the role of the brother and her say, this doesn't feel right. So I, I agree. I think it's a complete in joke. Yeah, and it's it's an in joke that built up far too much expectations around the mm-hmm. fandom. Um, did with me. I was like, oh, this is going to be it. I was still waiting to the very end of, to, for them to show something. Yeah. Like, and I thought and just, I thought they'd done like a double bluff where like, it's good. Oh, he's, yeah, he's just going to be this actor. And then in a post credit scene, no, nah, but no. Nah. And it just, it just fades away. The, he grabs Monica, who's worked out what's going on. She's back in the hex and she's worked out what's going on. And he puts them the purple magic around her. And yeah. then you don't re- you don't see them for a whole other episode until the end. But, and that's it. But this is I mean, this is a problem another problem with with the show, that it does lose interest in its side characters. Um Kat Dennings and Randall Park come mm-hmm. in and they are sidelined <gasps> so much at the and end. They do, they're so good to the point where I I was missing seeing them talking about what was happening in the hex. Kat Dennings is obviously, um, I don't remember her from, from Thor. I kind of, you know, there's something in the back of my head that said she was it, but I didn't see Thor Dark World, so I, I don't know from there. I'd keep it that way. But okay. <laughs> it's got Christopher Eccleston in, hasn't it? Playing like some sort of. Playing elf. an elf, yeah. An elf? Oh, yeah. that's good, good enough for me. But yeah, I thought she was brilliant. Like, she's so charismatic. You yeah. so, you're so behind her as well. And she's totally bossing it in this, this very male-dominated environment with idiots like, and she, surrounding I mean, her. She is the, um, she's the audience... Um, substitute. Substitute, yeah. And she's the one asking the questions. She loves WandaVision. She's watching it like yeah, we are. Yeah, And then Randall <laughs> Park is so good as Jimmy so Woo. Good, so good. And the little things... One thing I can say is that this is... Certainly in the earlier episodes as well, pays so much tribute. Just having Randall Park hand over his card in the mm-hmm. same way that he was had it handed over by Scott Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And... You can see him in the film, like googling how to hand how to flick a card out in magic. So it really shows the character development, doesn't it, from that film that, that time has gone on and yes. we can now do it. And yeah. I don't know any of this. I'm talking. You've like, never seen that man, the Wasp, have you? But I've read Which, interviews. Which again is one of the worst uh, Marvel films. <laughs> but he said that it was a specifically to show the pe- a period of time had passed, yeah. and his character had developed in terms of moving forward with his magic and written that he would be given bigger. Um, opportunities in his job. So yes. he's been sent to Westview to find this witness that had gone missing, which, can I just say, yeah. never ever comes back. Now, as someone who loves a true crime and even, you know, and a fake crime, yeah. 
drama slash documentary. Yeah. The entire way through yeah. this show, I am waiting for this payoff it's, of the witness. Yeah. Who is the witness? It's Chekhov's gun, them. isn't it? They never come back to it. No. They never come back to it. And it's not like, oh, they mention it once and then we never see it again. They're putting people's faces up on a board. Yeah. And we're meant to sit, you know, who's there, who's not there, which one's the witness? Why is there a witness? Why didn't they just say something's happening in Westview? People are missing. They're trying to ring their parents and they're not answering. Or yeah. the children are meant to be going to school in another county and they haven't turned up. You know, something that says there's something amiss in Westview. Yeah. But they don't. Can we talk about episode seven? Remind me which one that one is. Um, is that the one where she has therapy? Yes. 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 <laughs> well, to do that, do we have to talk about Agnes? Well, that's that's the point I was going to make. Because <laughs> okay. I think this is another disappointing reveal. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is interesting. Go on then. So, the big reveal is that Aggie, the next door neighbour, was the bad guy all... It was Agatha all along. I was waiting. I was waiting. Were you Who's been messing it? up everything? It was Agatha all along. <laughs> I think the funniest thing... From like since that came out, is we have been replacing the word Agatha with our son's name Blake. So every time he does something that's like annoying, like waking up a million times in the middle of the night, it was Blakey all along. Who's been waking <laughs> us up now? It is Blakey all along. And you're singing. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I finished my beer, so uh, yeah. That reveal didn't work for me because the reveal is I'm Agatha Harkness, which. But in a in a den, in a house, a house, housey den. God, if you didn't see that she was going to be the bad guy. No, I didn't. Really? No, I didn't. No. That was played up so much. And you know, there was something going on because she was so good. Like, she was so good in the... Are you all right there? Sorry, Mark's just pulling his T-shirt. Have you got ice cream in yes, the T-shirt? Yes, I've got ice cream on my T-shirt. And now you're looking at it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, I thought she was just so good as a as an actor that there had to be more to it than that because why would they waste this woman on these sort of bit parts of the neighbour you know the nosy neighbour that's always there but I didn't see the foot you know I don't know anything about Agatha Harkness I don't know about the witchy thing you know and that's the problem no one does mm. like apart from maybe the top 5% of of comic fans so when she goes I'm Agatha Harkness mm-hmm. everyone in the world I'd only heard of Agatha Harkness because after episode 1 someone said online well, Aggie's clearly Agatha Harkness. And then they there were so many hints, like when Sparky died. And, yeah, yeah, I did think and mm, Sparky's in dead. In the 90s, um, 90s, the Malcolm in the Middle, um, the Malcolm in the Middle intro, mm-hmm. she is wearing sort of early 2000s pants with naughty written on the arse. And also she turns up the witch in like yes. the Halloween yeah. Episode. Yeah. So yeah, I can I knew they were nodding towards it, but you just don't know, do you? You just think, oh, they're leading you down a down a path. Especially when Vision sort of unmagics her, which mm. we later find out is it's, just a fake. Yeah. She's just faking it, and you kind of think, oh, right, okay, she's 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 not, but you know, he's he's really getting to the truth of her. Um, I've but what a what a character and what a performance by Catherine Hahn. I mean, please. You know she's gonna win every award going because she she has eaten that show alive. She won win every award going. Oh, but she should. She should. 
She, I mean, she works. It's a comedy performance. I know, and, but yeah. it's so, so good. And to play all those different people, uh, she's played a different neighbour in every, you know, and the change and the eyes and the glints and, and then go full witch at the end. Do you know from anything else? No. Oh, okay. I haven't got a clue. Okay, that's, there might be some interesting date nights coming up. Okay. <laughs> I'd really like to see her in other things because she, she just seems to me to be phenomenal. She, I mean, she's really, really good in... Uh, the first thing I saw in was Step Brothers. Okay. Um, Is that with Will Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's so good in that. She had a small role in Girls. Okay, never seen it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she was in a... A very, very interesting show. I think it's called Mrs. Fletcher that came out a couple of years Jessica ago. Jessica Fletcher? No. Oh, no, sad. No. No. Um, yeah, Mrs. Fletcher, who... It, I think it was a woman whose son had moved out for college, a single mum. And so she essentially finds... She she has a sexual awakening Okay. Yeah. So not, she, she's kind Jessica of living Fletcher. like a like a like a twenty year old who just left home for the first time. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I think it was based on Murder She Wrote. So we're both singing now. Leading to episode eight, which I think was another reveal, which wasn't really revealed to anyone. So this episode ends, and I think episode eight was a phenomenal episode, looking back at the early lives of Agatha and Wanda. Um, a backstory. I didn't think I needed a Wanda backstory. Now I don't think I really did, but I think that tied everything in so well. And, and I, I've heard this before on on other pods and sort of in reviews that I've read. I don't think it is just a backstory. I yeah. think that is that whole episode is playing into, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's playing into the the overarching theme of this show, which is grief and trauma and and processing and acknowledging yeah. that particular... Um, looking at mental health illness, mm. um, but also just looking at how do you live through that experience in your life. I think it needed it to show how this came about, how that level of consistent trauma throughout her life. Yeah. This final act of like the love of her life dying. Yeah. Twice we find out has consumed her with this this grief and this depression that then creates using her her powers. Yeah. creates this entire world and I think you needed that to understand that payoff at the end where you know all of that energy comes out of her body and you know, if if you have been through that that type of of grief or that type of experience, it is a very physical reaction. Mm. I have found, and I can really imagine that letting. Go, I'm doing lots of things with my hands. Letting you know, letting that powerful feeling out of your chest, and it for me, it really showed that. You know, obviously we don't have magic powers, but if we did, you you could see it. You could see it coming out of your chest. You could that sense of relief of that ah you know there's so many times i've been driving along and i've just wanted to scream yeah you know because of things that have that have happened in our lives and it was that real manifestation of this is what it would feel like if you had all that energy within you to tr- to let mm. that go and if this is going to be the episode that if anyone wins an emmy elizabeth olsen is winning an mm-hmm. emmy for that episode mm-hmm. um i mean for me the most real vision of grief was actually in the finale 
there was a moment where she turns to Vision just as there, just after the big battle had ended, and she turns and says, "Okay, to him." I think he says, "Oh, we need to go home," and it's a realization. And that was almost triggering to me mm. because it took me back to conversations we had and it, the tone was just there and that realisation that things are going to shit mm. and, you, and th- something's go- you are going to lose someone again. Mm. And that that was... It tr- I, I welled up just mm. at that one line, which I never do. Yeah. Um, such good work. I mean... Oh, the, <sighs> And in the early episodes as well, the, all those shifts, all those changes, all that, the, the nose wrinkle, yeah. the, you know, then to shift into something like, almost like an office style where she's sat in a chair, she's talking to the producer, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's totally um, to camera. Well, that was Agatha all along. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. <laughs> I'm glad we haven't done that every five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I think phenomenal work from her. Mm. I've really appreciated the work of Paul Bettany, who I think has been a little bit overlooked because we're we're mainly concentrating on Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn, but I really appreciated the way that he expanded that um that character and made me like Vision more. Yeah. Which is you know, I just didn't care about Vision before. But yeah. now, you know, when he when he died again at the end yes. sort of. But we'll come back to that. Mm. Um I did really feel it this time, whereas the last time I just I didn't care. Even though his death in the film was much more violent and yeah, and graphic, upsetting. Yeah. yeah. But I think the end of that episode is led on two sort of reveals. One is you're the Scarlet Witch. We've been calling her that for three years now. Have we? Yeah. Have, have we been doing that? The, People have been just because she's not been caught because that's her character. Uh-huh. Scarlet Witch is her character, yeah, and so yeah, people I have been calling that. her that. So revealing that she's the Scarlet Witch is not a reveal to anyone. So I really like that. I really like because it, it, she got the new costume. She's obviously she's coming into her new identity. Mm. I felt real resonance with that. She's been through this experience, and now she's coming out the other end as a new person. On a show that has built itself up as twists at the end, that didn't do it for me. I like the costume. And then the mid credit sequence of White Vision. Oh, I don't like White Vision. Well, and that's another thing where they built up things because obviously Paul Bettany had been joking. Oh, yeah. And for anyone who isn't aware of this, Paul Bettany had been joking all the way through that there is um, someone coming in at the end of the series who had been wanting to work with all his life and he was so excited to work with them. And again, the internet got detective. They tracked down interviews of his... And I think within an hour, they'd realised that it was one of three people. And I can't remember who. One's Robert De Niro, one was Al Pacino. But they realised that Al Pacino had also been saying he'd love to do Marvel. So there was characters that had already been cast for Al Pacino that the internet was making these decisions for them. So it was going to be... What is it? Is it Mephisto? Mephisto. Yeah. I mean, this is that's wrong, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Mephisto or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I only heard that on like another podcast. Yeah. I don't even know who this is because he's meant to be like a fly or something, and there was a fly on Agatha's yeah. foot, and yeah, everything was going. And and it didn't. He, he's playing. He's he's fighting himself. Yeah. Which you know it's we've quite seen. <laughs> it was funny. It's funny in, for him. It's funny think. in Superman too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like it's funny for him to make that joke, but then again, it's been blown out of all proportion. You know, yeah. he's probably just a quick. He's probably getting interviewed every five seconds, and he's thinking, actually, this, you know, it's yeah. quite funny. 
not thinking that the world is going to go back. You were telling me not to listen to podcasts because they were revealing in yeah. inverted commas that you were warning me off to don't listen to that and like some people that I would normally just be like listening to every single episode I've stayed away from all of those pods because I thought I was going to get this big big reveal and and indeed I didn't no. <laughs> and then the finale which unfortunately for me turned into the Marvel big fight across the city, yeah, throwing agreed. people into buildings. Agreed. And especially when Vision's fighting himself, I was almost like switching off, and it did. It looked a little bit clunky. It was a. It reminded me a little bit of early Harry Potter, you know, when they're flying around in the with the yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just it didn't really have any weight to it. Yeah. Um, I liked the Wanda and Agatha. Um, face off more but that's because I'm more invested in those characters and I was interested to see what they would do and what the switcheroo would be and what you wonder's like throwing fireballs into the sky and I'm like yeah. I don't and I like the reveal of the runes and you know the throwback to the runes I have a note to talk about the runes okay because they totally because they totally highlighted that in the previously on one yeah, division package yeah. and as soon as I was like that's a bit weird that's going to come into that's play at some point yeah. and then as soon as I was like how are they going to do it oh I know how this is going to happen mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's the runes. Do you know about runes? No, not at all. I remember this when I was a kid, like reading like Osborne Guides to like the Supernatural, and you would get a little bag, you'd have this little pouch, and there would be the runes would be on little blocks, and then you would shake them and then you'd throw them like onto a table like dice, and then you'd read the runes. So yeah, you you How old were you when you did this? I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't have any rooms. But probably about twelve, thirteen, something like that. I used to love reading all that. Sort of we like were getting like stuff. people's older sisters yes. to get us Lambrini. Yes, I know. Age. I know. I was reading tarot cards and uh, reading about runes. <laughs> Does that not scare you? No, no, because it's. I just find it interesting. I find like that. Uh, not that I would do it. I'm not going to get my old tarot cards out now. I think they're upstairs somewhere. But I wouldn't do it now. But when, as a well, that's child, because it'll just do nothing. Yes. <laughs> As a child, I was very interested in this to that. Type in the of occult. Thing. In the occult, yes, I was. <laughs> You're gonna have something to do with your teenager, haven't you? I didn't get any Ouija boards or anything like that because you know ghosts. But um, I did. I found reading. It was more about reading about it and understanding that other people were really into it. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would totally agree with the the finale. I've. I felt deflated. I said, I said this on Twitter, actually. I felt deflated after the show ended. and But that wasn't because of the finale itself, of sort of being disappointed in the finale. It was more because I just really enjoyed that show and really enjoyed, you know, Friday lunchtimes for us of being completely wonder lunchtimes. And we've had to move all sorts of things around. Is that what it's called now, wonder lunchtimes? Wonder lunchtimes. But it, well, that's what it became, wasn't it? And it gave us something to look forward to. <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? It's something to look forward to each week. But it did, it gave us a thing to look to look at that was new. Yes. And that well, I mean not necessarily talk about because we didn't we wait until we you know we podcast to talk about anything now. But you know it gave us something to sit down together with and and just consume together. But then afterwards I started to feel deflated in terms of just the way that it had ended and then it just like Monica doesn't really get an ending. She's got glowy eyes, but I felt that she was completely put to one side. Randall, part the of the crawls, captain, you know, the, yeah, the crawls, the crawls come up and oh, I'm not really bothered about the crawls. I mean, yeah, I love Ben Mendelsohn, but I'm not. I'm not bothered about the crawls. And then the the two 
sort of extra and I felt everything was setting it up for this Doctor Strange yes. film that seemed to be it just was like it was shouting that at the screen was it oh there's this book you need to read this book and they mentioned the Sorcerer Supreme so that let's mention the Sorcerer Supreme all right okay you've got to go and talk to him and yeah and then the two sort of um end credit sting things so one was the moniker, and yeah. then the other one was her sat in a... A lovely wood cabin. A wood cabin. She's having a cup of tea on the porch, but also inside she's reading the magic book that... In a Scarlet Witch guy. She's yes. like split out her body. And I, someone mentioned that apparently you could hear the twins screaming, this, this is which it. I didn't... I heard the heard voices, but oh, I didn't hell. pick up that that was... So that's meant to... Yeah, I heard that as well, that... It's meant to be that the, the kids aren't dead, that they're, they're still alive somewhere in the multiverse. Yes. Don't care. That'll be a big thing. In I mean, there are unconfirmed sightings. Those two mm. actors have been in London. Yeah. And there is a Steve Strange-fronted film that's being filmed <laughs> in London at the moment. <laughs> it is! That's his name! Yay! Bits to grey! Um, <laughs> yeah, um... I'm excited yeah. for that because it's a Marvel movie and I've not seen it. I'm excited for mm-hmm. Black Widow. I'm excited for Spider-Man 3. I've got about Black Widow. Yeah. It's, you've been out sort of in the ether for ages, hasn't it? I mean, it? I've seen that trailer so many I times know, now. I know, But Florence Pugh, so... But Hopper from Stranger Things, so... <laughs> we both get our uh, eye candy. Oh, anything else? This was meant to be a quick podcast. Have we um, have we gone over time? Uh, Forty three minutes. Oh, good lord! Um, Josh Stamberg. Who's that? Um, that's Sword acting director Tyler Haywood. Oh, he was just a baddie, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's a good baddie. I'm not saying he was, was bad he... actor. Yeah, he was just your, t- your typical baddie. He was a plot point baddie. Yeah, plot point yeah. baddie. Not bothered. Mm, but at least it gave. Um, at least to give Kat Denning something to do. Yeah, that's true. In, in yeah. her hero and every, Everyone has had someone like that to work for. And I think it was really good for her <laughs> to come up, you know, especially as a woman, to come up against someone who's just not listening to you and you are more qualified than them. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so while I've been down on parts of this, I think this is a phenomenal TV yeah, show. Yeah, I, I think we've, it's that ending, isn't it? That yes. ending that just didn't quite end. And you think, oh, will any ending live up to... But it just went a bit too standard Marvel battle end. Yes. And it didn't... I, You know what? I was thinking about this. If it had been two hours long and it had swept up all of those things with those additional characters that we yeah. were really getting to like, I would have felt much better. And I never want anything to be too long, but it just felt like it had been edited to death to, to fit it into the 49 minutes. Yes. And if it had been extended, we would have got a happier and more satisfactory resolution on a number of the plot points. Absolutely. That's my feeling Absolutely. with it. And yeah, I would have gladly taken another hour but, on there. But it doesn't take away from everything that has gone before and things that occurred in that finale as well. Yeah. So, week on Friday, we're having Falcon lunches. <laughs> oh God, is that, is that coming back? Is that what is happening? Yeah, it's a week on Friday. Oh, is it? it? We're going to have to? We're just, I mean, we're just going to have to, but it's going to be a disappointment, isn't it? It might not. Oh, I think it will. Oh, right. Like, at the very how worst. Can you, how can you come up against that? At the very, very worst, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are charismatic people. Mm, yeah, who... no, I, I totally agree. But, I mean, I looked at the trailer the other day and it did look a bit like Bad Boys for Life. 
I'm fine which, with that. Which I think you'd be fine with. I mean, if the action's good, I will be on board. I'm just looking at Emily Van Camp comes back as well. Oh, is Emily Van Camp in it? As yeah. Well? Oh, cool. And what's her character now? Oh. Who does she play in anywhere in the MCU? I don't know. I should know this. I know she was in this amazing TV show that names escape me that I used to watch like years ago. It was like proper high camp and she, camp, no pun intended, and she was the star of it. Is it had Revenge? Had, yeah, Revenge. It had Madeline Stowe in. And it had um, the Duke of Norfolk from the Tudors <laughs> in as well. <sighs> What's his name? Is it Henry? Henry Cerny. That's it, Henry Cerny. There Who's also in Sharp Objects. Exactly. Yeah, Emily Van Camp plays Peggy Carter's niece. Okay. But that's only revealed in Civil War, I think. See, this is where I switch off. She's essentially the... So S.H.I.E.L.D. are employing her to keep an eye on Captain America. Oh, now I remember. She's like the neighbour. Yes. Is it Captain America? Oh, yeah. Captain. Yes, yes right. Okay, yeah. yes. Understood. And he ends up falling for her. Oh, no. I think. No, but he goes back to Peggy in the end, doesn't he? Yeah, but Peggy, Peggy's like a 90-year-old woman yeah, at but, this point. But at the end, doesn't he, like, doesn't he go back in time to... Peggy, and then yes. he ends up being an old man. Yes, right. He ends up being Joe Biden essentially. He does end up being yeah. Joe, sitting on a sitting on a chair, yeah. little, little bench in the park. Yeah. All right. So she's going to be in it as well. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Anyone else that I should know about? Um, no, because I'm now looking at the cast list for Revenge. So oh, okay. I was about to say, oh, it's, <laughs> it's like, honestly, in this as well. It was a really good show. I bet it was. I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Um. Yeah, no one that I recognise, although probably loads of people I recognise. Oh, Daniel mm. Brühl's in it, who okay. was the bad guy. Oh, in... yeah, I like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, he's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, I shall go into it with an open mind. Just like you did with this. Yes, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more inclined to think that it will be good, having seen WandaVision. Yeah. But my expectation levels have now been raised. I think, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I could give or, t- I could give or take these shows up mm. until a couple of months ago. Yeah. Expectations have 100% now been raised by this. Yeah. And, um, I feel sorry for them actually coming after this when they were meant to be first. Yes. Because now they've had... But, you know, it can work both ways, can't it? That you you get more... You might get more people watching this now, like people yeah. like me, who really wasn't going to bother, will now be looking on a Friday for... Mm. Falcon and the Walter, Falcon and the Walter Soldier. Falcon and the Walter Soldier. <laughs> Falcon like and the Walter late. Soldier. I've not had very much sleep. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's so, go. how long has this twenty-minute podcast oh, don't, been? Don't. <laughs> uh, it's forty-eight minutes so far. So. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to edit it down, so it won't be that when it goes out. See so, so how much, so much stuff <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not allowed to say on a podcast by the by this point. So much, so much to edit out. <laughs> Oh well, thanks thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed Wonder Vision as much as we did. Yes, yeah, so if and if you haven't watched it, I mean, we'll spoil mm. it for you. But give it a watch because I think yeah. it, stylistically, I think it's a really entertaining. And the themes show. Are, are really important, and we didn't really talk too much about that. But I think really important and valuable to have at the heart of a show like Absolutely. this. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's really important. There'll be a lot of kids and younger people watching, and I think there's a lot to take about mental health, about grief, about bereavement, about trauma, and, and opening up that conversation around that, that, you know, really, I think that's really important going forwards. Totally, totally. Well, thanks a lot for everyone. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Letterbox at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you find yourself just clicking around the internet, just go on to where you get your podcast from and give us a nice review, please. That'd be lovely. Thank you. It'll be really nice. Um, It just helps people find us and uh, helps us grow the show. And it also makes us smile when we go, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that as well. (laughs) Thanks very much, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot. See you later.